Thanks for downloading this episode of Backstage with the Simple Church Podcast. We are back for part two. Make sure you go back and listen last week. And if somehow you found this episode and have not watched the interview on YouTube, we have Grace and Brandon here. Grace shared her story on Mother's Day with Robin Horton. It was a great interview. Go subscribe to Simple Church on YouTube. Make sure you listen to last week. And we're going to pick it right back up. There's a cliffhanger ending last week. So, Grace, we find out that the family that you are a surrogate for is wanting to have comfort care for the babies. Just recap real quick what that means. Yes. Um, So we had made it to the 23-week mark, the age of viability, but the parents, the intended parents, um, had made the decision to only, if the babies were born before 25 weeks, to give them only comfort care, which just means they would be wrapped in blankets and not given any life-saving measures. And are you by yourself when you find that out? How did you first find out that news? I was told that by a nurse. I believe it was like in the middle of the night when she, because they had to check me for, you know, I couldn't sleep very well because they were always monitoring me. And um, one of the nurses came to me that evening and had let me know that. And it was kind of just like the biggest. Were they supposed to? Like, were they keeping you out of the loop on purpose? Was the doctor communicating with that other family? Like, what is that? What that process like? Because I just think it's so foreign, especially I can't wrap my head around. You have this baby, but it's not your baby but it is your baby and now they're going and talking to the people that you've met once that are going to take this baby and they're making the decisions for this baby without you leaving you out of the loop babies i'm sorry babies that's that's right yes they they were making all the decisions but it was still my body so i had to give consent for certain things but when it came to the babies themselves like them exiting my body and being their own person um, I had no control over what happened to them after they were no longer in in my in um, your uterus. Yes. Yeah. So um, they had made that decision with the doctor, and the nurse had told me. I, I don't think she was supposed to tell me that night because I believe she's because the doctor reiterated it to me the next morning because the doctor would come in every morning at seven a.m. and talk to me. Um, but you know, in the middle of the night, the nurses were so sweet and. Um, we had a lot of conversations that way. And I, they were the ones I saw the most, you know. Right. I mean, I didn't even see my family very much. So yeah. I they got kind of your close. other family. Yes, yep. definitely. So um, <clears throat> she let me know that night. And it was just like I went from being super high, so happy that. They made it to 23 weeks as yes, milestone. Yes. And then, oh, we have two more weeks to wait until that we can stop thinking about this and just even if we did make it to 25 weeks I just remember thinking I just didn't feel the same way about everything anymore because Mm. I had always felt like me and the intended parents were on the same page and I thought I knew what they wanted and um, what their hearts were and just this struck me as just like just I was mind blown yeah so how do you tell Brandon? Brandon, your husband's here. He's ch- talking about it last time. Brandon, how do you find out this news? Um, well, we kept in good communication. Yeah. So she just she told me everything right away. Um, and I don't, and for me, it just it is what it is type of mentality. But um, luckily, the same nurses that gave her the information, they kind of rallied. And so 25 weeks was now the new milestone. And mm. they you know, whatever it took to get to 25 weeks, just because it's a, it's a law you had to pass. So really it was just 25 day, 25 weeks in one minute or one hour. And that's all we had to get to. So it's kind of like, all right, game on, like, let's do what we can. Mm. Wow. And then I was not, I mean, I had been doing all these medical procedures, but then it was like, what else can I do? So I remember I even, they elevated my feet to, you know, so I was laying now at an angle <clears throat> to do anything I could <clears throat> to keep the babies in there. So, and I wouldn't, I started using a bedpan. Oof. So I wouldn't get up, up out at of all. Bed. She couldn't take showers. I had these wipes <laughs> that right. would be and my And they're not shower. forcing you to do this. They're just offering things and you're like, whatever it takes. Well, they, so at that time they were strongly encouraging. Cause I asked, you know, what yeah. can I do? And, um, my mom would come by and wash my hair while I was laying down and she I remember she put it in a nice French braid so it would not bother me Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I was doing everything I could to get those babies to 25 weeks and um 
by the grace of God, they were born at 25 weeks and one day. Wow. I still get chills every yes. time I hear this. <laughs> 25 it's, weeks and you, one day. That's yes. right. And through that process, you talked about on Mother's Day a little bit of praying and just that's something that was a big, obviously, huge moment in your life. It definitely was. You have no control. You're kind of at a loss. What was that like spiritually for you going through all that? It was a big turning point in my faith as yeah. well because um, I know Brandon had mentioned it before that um, I called myself a Christian and I had grown up in church and I believed in God, but we weren't living how we were supposed to be living. Sure. So I just felt um, God telling me like he was convicting me of those things at that time because I was immersing myself in the word and praying and praying and praying so hard to him, you know, like I never had prayed before. And so it just convicted me of what I needed to turn from. And um, I placed all my faith in him at that time. And I just trusted him completely with whatever was going to happen because I knew that he was in control and not me. Yeah. There was nothing. I had done everything I could. And I've, I see that theme in my life so many times that I come to the end of myself and it's only there that God shows me that he was in control the whole time. <laughs> so Absolutely. And Robin, I think you'd agree with this and something that I started in ministry that nobody really told me or you don't think about is you see people in their worst moments as a minister that you're right. called into crisis the hardest points of people's life and it really does show who those people are a lot of times on the inside yeah and it's what comes through out of that crisis and it sounds like that you came out of that stronger better Brandon how about you on that part of it I know you talked about her going through this now as you as a husband with these two kids at home how was that affecting you spiritually and kind of what was that process like while you're in that in-between time yeah, I mean, my story is kind of a whole podcast itself. But <laughs> well, have you back then. Yeah. Stay tuned for part three. Yeah, I was actually lost uh, until 2019, so it took me mm. 38 years to find Jesus as my Savior. But um, yeah. so I was, my story is I kind of went from militant atheist to just atheist to stoic, you know, like yeah. not needing anything. And I think around this time I was in that stoic phase, mm. and so I wasn't... Um, you know, really faith-based at the time, but I, I didn't uh, ever stop Grace from raising the kids Christian. So, because um, at this point in my life, I, I was just not anything, and that's kind of stoicism. And um, so they were, both of the boys were Christians, but um, um, we found out this years later, but our oldest was praying at the time for her oh, wow. safety and stuff. So, um, And he was 11 at that time? But this whole story, yeah. like when you hear the end of the podcast, will kind of help me shape me like um we had other incidents instances later in my life where beyond all the probabilities and coincidences like how long can I say that God doesn't exist when mm -hmm. this story when you hear the end of Tracy's and the reconnection of it it's like how how many how many probabilities can all align mm -hmm. like Saturn and Mars have to get yeah, together right. for this whole story to work out this perfectly mm -hmm. and anybody who saw the boys at um the Sunday service, like how did that not fit into a perfect plan? Um, it, it, but uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure at the time you were kind of just going, okay, Grace, I respect your choices and what you're doing, but I'm, st I mean, yeah, I'm sure you were still running all the probabilities at yes. at yes. that point back in 2012 of just, yeah, he's always what all does been, this mean? Right, he's always been supportive of my faith, and um, so that's. Less militant is the word you yes. use. That's a strong yes. word. So even though he wasn't, you know, a Christian himself, he, he's never tried to oppose it in our marriage or with our kids. So that mm -hmm. was that was a big blessing. But um, back at that time, you know, we didn't really talk about spiritual things sure. between us two, you know. And, I mean, he knew that I was praying and reading the Bible and things like that. But, um, but it was a personal thing. Yes, yeah. and it yeah. was just... It was God already working in his heart, like he said, sure. you know, showing him that he's real. Awesome. So I'm glad you mentioned Tracy. Tracy was the mom that we brought in that surprised y'all on Mother's Day. That was in, uh, at that point, she was in California too, yes. is that right? Yes. So she has not met you guys at this point in the story. We're jumping around and we're going to go talk to Tracy now through the power of the internet and hear a little bit more of her and where she was at in 2012 before y'all's pads are about to cross. So let's go check in with Tracy. 
We are back still through the magic of editing. You're hearing this conversation all the way from Colorado Springs. Matt and Tracy, what a crazy story. We're only halfway into part of it, and already it's just unbelievable. These boys, the story, Grace and Grace and Brandon teased at the end of the last episode about getting this Facebook message from this woman. It went to spam. It went through a garage sale. Tell us how you actually connected with Grace for the first time. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so Grace responded to the message, and I remember reading her message and just crying tears of joy. Like, yeah. mm. she she didn't know. She was so happy to know. She wanted to meet the boys. Like, I'm going to tear up just thinking about yeah. it. Oh. Um, and so... How long was that? Because it was a while between when you sent the it, message and she responded, right? It was a while. I think it was a year. And you just gave up probably, huh? I had kind of put it, you know what's so weird. funny is I had put it in my back of the mind, but every once in a while, like like every two to three months when I was on Facebook, I would go, <laughs> people are going to think I'm so weird. I'd actually <laughs> go back to my Facebook messages and I would open up the letter I sent and I would read it and I would just kind of pray over that whatever she was doing, she felt good about it. Like she was happy and secure and that if she did read it, that it had brought her joy kind of type thing. And wow. so- when I finally got the message that she had just read it, that she had just got it. And, that, and this is like July. Right? Um, yeah. I think it was yeah. in January. It oh, was no, was it July? July? It was July. Yes, July. that's it what was July. Grace mentioned. Yes. Yeah. She would remember the timeline better because I was, I had tiny babies. Right. <laughs> Who remembers anything? <laughs> Super tiny babies. Right. And I was so excited and that they were still in Lompoc because um, I had teased enough that I knew she I knew that the family had been Air Force um and the NICU nurses might have told me that actually and so she was still there and so there was still the opportunity for us to get together and so I just Mm. remember that first time that she came and held them and how happy that made all of us because it was such an important part of the boys story and with foster care and adoption you learn kids do really well in adoptive homes and in foster homes when they have connections, when they know mm-hmm. where they came from, where they yeah. know those type of things, their attachments better. Um, it's when there's holes and there's questions that it's hard. And it was just another piece of their puzzle getting put together. And Grace, so the first time when Grace, she came to our house. So there was a couple visits prior to that Christmas where there was like the, the pictures or whatever. Right. And, the, and the first one was um, at our house. And, Mind you, there's a lot of people that come into our house for physical therapy, occupational therapy, all that stuff. And so she was there, and the, and the, and um, she just sat there and stared at them, and it was it was almost like she was in shock. Um, and and finally, I, I think after like I don't know about about 30 minutes of her just 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 being there in shock because remember she thought she didn't know if these babies were dead, were were with their parents who. Um, all they cared about was stats and, 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 and was mm-hmm. super afraid about what, what their future was going to be like um, or where they were, you know? So she had no clue. And so she's in our house watching these babies play and she was in absolute shock. And so finally I was like, do you want to hold them? And she mm-hmm. was like, yes. But she's been staring literally at them for 30 minutes, just kind of like in her own zone and um, I'll never forget that. Do you remember that, Tracy? Was like, she was like in her own world. Um, and then the next time we did a visitation was at a water park in, in, in Long near her That was cool, too. She got really, then it was different. Now she had processed this. She had seen the babies and, um, and was really, really able to play with them. But I'll never forget that. And I, I, I was like, oh, my gosh man, how she could go 18 months or however long she went and not, and just not know. Yeah. I could, yeah. I, I, just watching that process was just amazing. And something you guys don't or maybe not know is that they thought that the kids were going to be blind. So one of the first things that Brandon said yeah. when he's there is that they're not blind. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, no. I cannot believe and imagine what that was like and going through and all the emotions and ups and downs. And again, it's just incredible that y'all were able to find each other. Facebook actually doing something good in the world. There's a plus to that. (laughs) And they're connecting. So you got to go to the water park. How old are the boys around then? Um, Roughly. We're 
roughly approaching two at that point, yeah. I think. Right. So, so they're still not really. No, and, and because they were micro preemies, they were more like in, when you look at photos and stuff, they look more like they were about a year, year and a half. Um, just because they were still tiny and learning to walk and talk and all that. So, mm. which, like you said, with the blind, you know, um, that was how it was when we took them home from the hospital. They were, you know, the birth parents had said, we can't take them because they're going to be blind and they're not going to be able to walk and they're not going to be able to do all of these things. And I just, I just remember when I took them to eye doctor's appointments, which we were doing monthly, but when we brought them home and they're like, no, their vision's fine, their vision's fine. Mm. And I'm like, okay, but when is it not going to be fine? And they're like, <laughs> it's fine. I was like, okay. And, you know, we had physical therapists in the house and, and they, I'm like, they're like, well, do you want us to teach them how to crawl? I'm like, they're going to crawl. And they're like, wow. yeah, we could have them crawling next week if you wanted us to. And, um, you know, and then Jonathan, who was the sickest of the two, um, he walked first at uh, just over 18 months wow. and blew every physical therapist out of the water. Like they were, they were just mesmerized by how well they did everything that the NICU predicted, every reason why those birth parents gave them up did not come true. That's amazing. So it's just, they're little miracles. Yeah. And so they both wear glasses, but so did their, their biological death. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, their vision is fine comparatively what they thought they were going to be blind, but no, I mean, yeah. Yes. Just normal. Eyesight yeah. issues. Right. Yes. I'm wearing yeah. glasses and, right now. Y'all can't see me. I got my contacts. <laughs> exactly. And um, in Jonathan, he, he does have a condition. He has a condition called Chiari malformation that has affected development, has affected stuff. But that has, there is, there is no link between that and prematurity. So Jonathan was going to have Chiari malformation, whether he was born at 25 weeks or he was born at 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. That was, that was going to be his path yep. no matter what. Um, so it's just really interesting when you think about why people make decisions sometimes and how they can be, it can be so wrong and so right sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt, you had started a company. You're running out of your house. What is that like? What was the process as you guys keep adding to your family, keeps getting bigger? How in the world do y'all manage all of these kids and are able to do this? That is a very good question. (laughs) The grace of God. (laughs) You know, I really feel like the answer to that is the people my husband has surrounded himself in his career with really respect the fact that he puts a lot of effort into his family and they'll give him leniency when he needs it because they know he'll perform when the time is right kind of type Mm, thing. And then um, the other big, big key to all of this is my parents um, have lived with us since day one. Um, We Mm. bought a house with them when pregnant with my daughter, Serafina. And um, we have maintained that type of living situation um, with every house we've bought. Sometimes they have a house on the property and like, or sometimes their like living areas connected to our house. So our current house model are, our two houses are connected via a walkway that's connected to our garages. And they are huge supports. Um, Mm. They I call my dad my bus driver. He does all my driving for my kids. Um, and my mom is a retired school teacher. And so she picks up all the school slack of homework and stuff That's like great. that. And and they are truly one of the main reasons why we can do. So what, what do y'all actually drive? Do you have a 15-passenger um, well, van? <laughs> we have a gigantic Ford 12-passenger van. We recently um, refreshed fitted so that it's actually only nine passenger now but our teenagers have captain chairs so they're gotcha. very happy that they're not in bucket seats anymore or bench seats, <laughs> or bench seats moving yes. up in the world they don't yeah, have to touch yeah. someone and then we have another suv and my daughter now that she's driving picks the smallest car possible she can drive <laughs> and is in a mini cooper <laughs> that's smart about as small girl. as it gets smart girl fina <laughs> i yes awesome. I, I just watched the new cheaper by the dozen she doesn't have to she doesn't have to drive her siblings that way. That's right. That's or as many of them. Right. <laughs> See, I drove my parents' old purple minivan when I was in high school. I had two sisters, and I had to pick up all of them. That was the part of the deal was getting the car, was having the space to go and run their errands yeah. for them. 
I think my daughter has not even attempted to drive the van yet. <laughs> probably, no, not at all. Probably yeah. a good call. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want yeah. to either. <laughs> so I just rewatched or watched the new Cheaper by the Dozen reboot. I don't know if you saw it on Disney Plus. They redid it with Zach Braff, and that's pretty much what y'all's family is. I'm picturing all oh this my stuff. God. Have you I'm seen gonna it? have to go watch that. Okay. I didn't know this. Yes. So they redid it. It's the new version on Disney Plus, and I just that's my visual image of y'all's house and the making lunches and doing everything at the beginning of the day, and it's just chaos. Yes. That, yeah, is, that is it. Literally, one of the one of the people that that comes to our house all the time. Uh, he's like a friend of the family slash family member. Um, said your house is like cheaper by the dozen. Yep. Yep. Well, now we all can picture it. That's right. New version. Disney Plus. It was yeah. good. Yeah, it should be <laughs> you guys. the frog. We don't have any toads here. Yes. So that's no. Good. no frogs but in the But you do one. have multiple pets, too. So. Oh, do you really? Surely you don't have pets. You can't. <laughs> you have no we capacity. Have two dogs and two chinchillas. Oh, wow. <laughs> two chinchillas. I just. Yeah, I, I ignore the chinchillas. That's the boys. I feel at my capacity right now with two kids. We actually have a third on the way. And I was thinking the other day of I got to have to redo car seats in my car. There's only seats three in the back. I don't know how I'm going to take three kids. And y'all are (laughs) adding chinchillas. Well, let me me tell you, I can remember when we had three and I can remember when we added the fourth and how stressful that was and how I thought. And it was the busiest, craziest time of my life, which is odd to say now. But, but where you're at, like, like, that's just the stress. And then it just, it changes and it morphs and it's different. But you guys are all amazing too, because I know I was amazing. <laughs> After four, it's just more food and plate. There you so. go. Food and plate. I don't think I'm going to find so out. So I'll take your word for it. <laughs> because three is hard. Three, three is hard. hard. You have mm-hmm. to learn zone defense with three. That's exactly so like, you know, right. The first one, you're at the first one, you're like changing your whole entire thing. It's just you and your wife. And then you have a baby now. It's like, oh my gosh, there's this human being we need to take care of. And then number two, it's like, okay, now now it's one on one defense, right? Like we man gotta to man. we go okay, each yeah, man to man. And then and then number three is like zone, right? Now now oh my gosh, now there's one where's the other one? You can't Where, cover what, everybody. You know, like oh what and then four <laughs> Then the four, you, you've already figured out this, and you're like, oh no, I know where the other one is. And if your oldest one's probably like, oh, it's over there, right? And then after that, it's just more food, and you have bigger Costco bill. You have to add Sam's Club, and then you're good. Just buy in bulk. <laughs> yeah, buy in bulk. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, so great. man. So now we've got through this, this amazing story, the last 10, 8-ish years that you guys have been raising all these kids, doing all this stuff. How often did y'all talk to Grace and Brandon? How often did y'all interact? What was the boys? Did they ask questions? What was that been like as they've gotten older? Yeah, so so when we were both in California, I would say we were we saw each other at least every six months, it seemed like yeah. we would get together. Because it was about, an, we were about an hour, hour yeah. and a half drive from each other based off of where we were in the Central Coast. Um, but then they moved, um, which just makes it hard. And so we really just kind of kept up to date um, via Facebook. I would send her messages. If I got new pictures of the boys, I would send them. Um, we we always like, um, Grace's birthday is in December, so, or right at the beginning of December, I believe. And so we always like, I'll pull up her pictures and I'll show them to the boys and we tell them, you know, that's their tummy mom. And we'll make... Um, We'll make like I'll make little like signs for them to hold that will say like "Happy Birthday, Tummy Mommy" and take mm. pictures and send them to her. So it's been mainly um, since they've moved from California online, like just back and forth for us. You know, every once in a while, kind of type things and um, it, until we were able to pull this off. Because then we moved out of California, we moved to Colorado, which meant even if they were going to go back and visit family, we weren't there anymore either. Mm. So this was so great for them to actually get to see each other in person again because it's really only been photos and back and forth. So, and the boys understand that Grace carried them in their tummy. They're well, I should say they're just beginning to understand that Grace carried them in their tummy, but their biological parents are someone else. Um, I think I think they're just starting to understand that there is another connection to their life that we don't know the mm-hmm. story of, but um, they definitely understand that Grace is their tummy mom. That's so good. Wow. 
All right, so you made it. The kids are born. Everything is okay. Everything is it dicey there. What was that process like? It was a bit scary. It was sure. kind of a traumatic birth, and I lost a lot of blood, and um, so it was scary for me physically. Um, but the boys, even though it took a while to stabilize them, they were stable mm-hmm. in the NICU, and I got to. Um, How see big were they? They were two pounds one ounce and one pound twelve ounce. Wow! So they were. Which really is pretty good for. That 25 right? weeks. Yeah. Yes, I was really happy that one of them was two pounds. I was like, really? I was super right. happy with well, that. Well, I hear that and I think, wow, that's I so know. little. <laughs> I, know, I know, but I just think other twins that are in their 30, 30 weeks and they're that size. Two pounds, so, right. yes. Yeah, so it was it was um, a blessing that they were their size, you know, and I got to see them in the NICU once mm-hmm. and um, take some pictures of them. So that was. So they a took blessing. them from you. Yes, they took them from me, and they weren't supposed them to. Them being the hospital. The right. hospital, yes. The hospital um, staff. Because the parents, since I did deliver so quickly, they were coming from Michigan to California, so they weren't there for the delivery. Um, they got there the same evening, but um, I was not supposed to see them in the NICU, but the nurses, like I said, they liked me, so they let me go <laughs> in Big there. shout wow. out to our, all our health care <laughs> yes. providers. And what especially. a difference a nurse can make. Yes, Absolutely. definitely. So... Um, but after that, I had no communication. I had nothing. They couldn't even tell me. And that's, the, you know, they couldn't, they didn't want to get in trouble, the nurses. So they right. couldn't tell me anything about them. So from then on, all the information I got was from their intended parents. And um, Which, have, do you talk to them at this point when they're in person? Do they come see yes, you? Yes, they came into my, into my room. And I remember giving them a hug. But um, it just felt different. Mm. It was, they were just so distraught yeah and understandably so i mean because just to recap from last time they were all excited they had been doing this they were super supportive y'all met them in person they bought you an ipad but then this turn happens they didn't want to provide care you make it to 25 weeks and now all of a sudden right i mean things would have been different had these babies been born a day or two earlier so now they're like this is our life and um they were just not ready for it they were shocked and I mean I understand where they were so shocked you know and I would have been sad too you know but I mean I'm an optimist so I would have rallied yeah Yeah. but uh, um so when I left the hospital my only way to hear about these babies was through a phone call so I would call them every day Mm. and um you know, for about a week or two, they would answer my calls. And How long were you in the hospital? I was um, just in the hospital for two days after okay, that. Wow. So I was able to go home. Um, and that was really weird, too, going away from the hospital without babies after mm-hmm. delivering them. Mm. Um, but I was able to hear, you know, how they were doing. But mostly these phone calls were more... Um, probabilities oh there's still this much percent chance that they're going to need this surgery and that surgery and I just wanted to know are they okay like Mm. uh, how are they doing today have you held them today you know things like that and um I didn't get any of that and um it just I even got some bad comments like they were um, pronounced cursed by their family in China and the father had lost his hearing in one of his ears because he was so stressed out these are things that they would tell me on these phone calls. And it just broke my heart because I didn't know what to say. You know, like they were not believers. I couldn't, you know, encourage them with scripture or anything like that. I just and there was only so many times I felt like I could say I was sorry. Mm-hmm. And mm. it just felt more and more like they didn't want to talk to me. And then they stopped answering my phone calls. Mm. So How long was that after they were born. like three weeks to yeah. a month and um they they um were not abiding by the contract the surrogacy contract and my medical bills were not being paid by the insurance company that they had set up mm-hmm. so we had to have a meeting on the phone um and they were very angry with me by then and they were wow. blaming me for things and I just wanted to know about the babies. The surrogacy agency would ask them about the babies. They wouldn't say anything about them at all mm. at that point. And that was when they were like a few months old. Um, and come to find out, they didn't know anything about the babies at that time. And um, because, well, 
want me to? That's all right. We'll pause I'm there. Kinda, yeah. I'm kind of skipping around That's a little okay. bit. That's okay. That's good. No. So let's pause there. Okay. All right. So Brandon, what is it like for you now as she's home trying to talk to this family and doing that and be dad and working and all those different things? What's it like for you in the house those first couple of weeks? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I was there for the birth. I was able to get wow, off work. Great. Like I said, the world's best Supervisor. boss. Shout out mm. to her. Um, I am a wuss with that stuff. So I was at the <laughs> head of the bed and I was holding her hands and she wasn't allowed to push. She had to remain still. And then the first baby wasn't crying. So I remember mm. from the birth of our young son, ah, crying and then the cutting right. and then the warm <laughs> bed. And, and then they ask you to do stuff as a dad, too. And you're like, what do I do? Where, where do I put my hands? And um, <laughs> this one was different. The first one gets immediately pushed out. You don't even I didn't even see it. I saw it come out just for a second and then depart immediately. The second one cried a little bit or mm-hmm. made a noise. Oh, the, everybody's excited. And they were able to wrap him. And I saw him just for a brief second before he was taken, or he was actually good enough to put on the um, NICU emergency bed. Mm-hmm. And then, like Grace said, that was the end. It was uh, unceremoniously. We left. Um, you know, the nurses just said, bye. That was <laughs> it. And so, wow. and then when the, she was distraught for Sure. The whole time, and uh, she's being nice about the meeting. The meeting was, I, I it took me everything in my. I'm not saved at this point. So <laughs> they, they called her. They called the babies monsters. Mm. They said Grace was a failure, and I was just like cracking my mm-hmm. neck. And oh. the surrogacy, we talked to the surrogacy agency before, and they said no matter what, they have to pay. No matter what, like this is just a formality of the meeting. So we knew going in the expectations like we're gonna win if you will like quote the case, unquote yeah but uh, like grace said we didn't care about any of that like just tell us how the babies were the surrogacy agency they were so nice they weren't being mean at all but mm-hmm. by law they couldn't say nothing right the hospital so everybody was doing their job i mean right no, everybody was following so, the law but at the end of the meeting um the surrogacy agency says hey you will pay and so that was resolved, and they tried. The surrogate agency was like, hey, just before we hang up, like, how are the kids? And they just click. And so, uh, you know, probably get to the next part. But yeah. um, that was it for months. That's it. So. No, that's a great place to cut to Tracy now and hear a little bit more of her side of the story of what's happening that you guys have no idea at this point what's going on. So we'll cut to Tracy. I would like – I'm super excited to hear Yeah, what she's going to say. Oh, Dude, yeah. We yeah. haven't heard the full version – I mean, we've talked about it in person, but we spent mm-hmm. more time with the kids. So we actually haven't heard Tracy's full. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm kind of excited. Do you guys have any specific the, questions to ask? No. no. Okay. No, it just, it's I mean. Tracy and Matt. Yes. Her husband's okay. name's Matt, so he'll be yeah. on there. So yes. just that he'll I keep saying to. Tracy right on. So I'm excited no. to hear this chunk of it. Uh, we know the everything after, but I, I want to hear Yeah, we don't part. talk much when, we ta- when we've talked to them in the past. We don't talk much about, like, the beginning stages of them in the NICU. I just know, knew that, you know, her dad went there and they went there, but I don't really know exact timelines. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And I just want to know, yeah. like, the motivations. Like, who does this? Like, which which amazing. believers are that close to <laughs> God that they say, we're no, going to go to NICUs and foster well, and terminally ill babies? The whole <laughs> thing, too, of how she, and I'm sure she'll share this, how they both said, I don't want... Matt didn't want special needs, and she didn't want any outside her own race, which is so funny when you look at all yes, her children. Right. Um, and they all said this in the um, elevator going up and then walk out because they hadn't seen the babies. Right. And then just both laugh yeah. because the babies were both. I mean, and right. then they couldn't turn. They were like, there's. These are ours. Yeah. Those I want to hear Matt's yeah. side, too. Yeah, yeah I want to hear Matt's side. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So we'll come back from that. So that's stuff that Tracy has shared that's going on again. You guys don't have any idea at this point. You're kind of left in the dark. And so you find out through a Facebook message a long time later what actually happened, right? Yes. Um, so at that, it was the babies were 18 months old. Um, the next point of the story. So it was July of 2013. And I was um, checking my Facebook messages because I was helping my parents with the online garage sale. And I happened to see that I had a message in my other folder. And um, I said, oh, I wonder what this is. Maybe it's somebody asking about something for the garage sale. And I opened it, and it was a message from three months in the past. And I was like, okay, let's read it. And then it (laughs) says, the first sentence said, 
um, you don't know me, but I feel like I think we might have a connection. And then I remember reading that part and then looking at her profile picture and seeing that it was two Asian babies. And I was just like, oh, I'm getting chills. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just like, oh, my goodness. My husband was deployed at the time in Korea. And um, I just read that whole um, email and just crying. And I ran inside the house. Well, let me tell you what the email said. Sorry. (laughs) The email um, was not only did it say... I think we have a connection, but it, she went on to explain that she was looking for the surrogate who had carried the two babies that she had adopted. Mm-hmm. And so come to find out the parent, intended parents had given them up for adoption when they were, I believe, three months old, in the, still in the NICU because they battled in the NICU for many months. Um, but they were put up for adoption through a Christian agency and even though the surrogate family wasn't Christian, right? Exactly. They, they chose an agency. Yes, they chose a Christian agency because of God. I know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it doesn't uh, make sense. I mean, right, right. So, um, but Tracy's father had already been going to the NICU to hold babies, you know, and give them that skin to skin contact. And um, Tracy and her husband went over there and fell in love with these boys and adopted them. And so, when the adoption was final, they got all this paperwork. And um, my name was on there. And as far as they knew, I didn't know how they were. So um, she looked me up on Facebook and saw that I was 45 minutes from where she lived mm. and um, reached out to me. And, but she thought that I didn't see it because it had been months since she sent that message. Yeah. But I remember replying to her like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes, it's me. I'm so happy, you know, and just we were able to connect from there. And like I said, she only lived 45 minutes from me. So I was able to go see the boys like within the next week and meet them for the first time, meet her whole amazing family. At that time, she had already adopted one other child. And I believe she had three biological children at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old were the boys at that point? Um, the twins were twins. 18 months old. Okay, so you hadn't seen them since the since day they, they were, were born. born. Right, so I mean, I one thing I didn't mention was that during these 18 months when I had no idea how they were, my only prayer to God was that they would be loved. Mm-hmm. I just wanted their parents to love them. And um, he answered that prayer, I mean, through exceedingly abundantly above everything I could ask or think because I was just hoping that they would be loved by their intended parents. Yeah, I did not think that they would give them up for adoption, but they were being loved by this amazing Christian family that was just, I mean, I want to be in their family. They're <laughs> so <too>. cool. <laughs> you know, they're just amazing people and so much fun. And just, I couldn't have asked for a better family for them to be in. Mm. And um, that night I was able to, you know, see that verse uh, before I went to bed when I was opening the version app. And I just saw that verse in Psalm 118, you know, I, that says, um, you know, the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, you know, and this is God's work. Mm you know, and, you know, salvation is from God. And, you know, that's ultimately salvation for our souls is for God, you know, but he also saves us in different ways here on earth, you know, and Mm. this is the very day God acted. That's what it says in that verse. And it was just like God speaking to me, telling me I was here all along. I was in control the whole time, you know, and it was just the most beautiful day. And I, I couldn't wait to tell my husband. I was going to say, so wait. you're in Korea, you're deployed. <laughs> what happened? How did you react when you found out? It was, it was hard because she wasn't telling the story in order. She was so <laughs> Jumping around, yeah. I was like, wait, you saw the, wait, what's going on? <laughs> but um, that was great. It was oh, wow. just seemed uh, unreal. Like, uh, so like serendipitous. I know now it's not, but uh, yeah. Um, it just seemed crazy to hear that. But like she said, I was the same thing. I was just like relieved that because, you know, I can't imagine as a dad who were known for like the caregivers, just babies out there not having a home, food, stuff like that. So she's caring mm-hmm. about love and that's very important. But I worry about that stuff the too. The practical, practical stuff. Yeah. 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 And so now that they um, had that, I was just like, wow, that's, that's great. And so eventually you get to meet the family too, right? Yeah, so I came back from Korea. It's a a year-long tour. So um, I was away for six months. Then I get a mid-tour. So um, we actually had our 10-year anniversary in Hawaii. Um, 
And then on the second half of it is when you told me, I think. Yeah, so it, it was pretty quickly after he had yeah. l- left from the mid-tour. And so it was in July when I told him. And then he got to meet them in December when he came back. Yeah, like the first week I came back. Because we were already moving right when I got back. We had you to were moving m- to Louisiana. Yeah, right? well, we, yeah, but yes. we took leave in California, uh, mm-hmm. three hours from there. So uh, that's all I cared about, like landing, yeah. seeing my family. And then we saw <laughs> it. And I'm boys. really good with babies and cats. Um, I'm not good with adults. <laughs> and, I'm with uh, you on half of that. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So the babies, you know, they still had a lot of medical stuff mm. and um, just, you know, the magic that Tracy's family does is beyond words. But um, the, the stuff they've went through medically, but mm. by the time we saw them, they had almost no medical stuff. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I kept asking, like, so they can see? Because that's what the parents were most. Yeah. They had heart problems, but the parents were just like, they're going to be blind. And uh, they are not blind, not blind. at all. And uh, the most shyest one let me hold him. So mm-hmm. in the pictures, I tease Grace all the time because I he got to you. hold. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I got to hold. You're and like he the was, baby whisperer. Yes. Yes. See, Mallory's theory, my wife, is babies like me and go to me because I have a big face and it matches theirs. Nice. They feel comforted. So that's her little dig she likes <laughs> yeah. to throw that's in. That's nice, Mal. That's right. Uh-huh, absolutely. But I usually get short jokes. There you go. Yeah. Of course babies love you. Yeah, you're so short. <laughs> I'm with you. I can feel yeah. that. They relate. They that's relate. incredible. Yeah. So Tracy has been sharing part of her story again being able to share it over over the phone and we're going to cut back now to a little bit more of what it was like for her in this process and we'll come back and wrap up with you guys because we could probably go another couple hours <laughs> of what everything else has happened over the years but this is just so cool and i'm so thankful you guys shared this and robin found the story and be able to hear again what god was doing behind the scenes even we didn't know so we'll throw it back to tracy and matt all right so wrapping up We've already blown through almost two hours of talking, and you guys sharing your story is amazing. So you guys stay in touch through Facebook over these last eight, nine years now. You kind of go because you're here, there. You had not seen them in person. Right. We spent as much time as we could before we moved here to Louisiana, but um, after that, it's just been mainly through Facebook and Instagram. I was able to go back and visit them once um, in December of 2014 to visit, and um, that was really special. Mm. And... um, but and they would send me like gifts for Christmas, like their little um, drawings. Tracy had them mm. put their drawings in a necklace, Aww. and like for Christmas one year, they're just so sweet. So um, we've been able to keep in touch, and they call me their tummy mommy, which I think is super That's cool. Sweet. Yeah. And um, yeah, and this last time. Uh, a week or two ago when I saw them. That's right. So um, you didn't know that was happening. Right. That Robin was, was a big part of that orchestrating, sneaky, sneaky. making it happen. You had no clue. You didn't have any hint. No. I, d- I mean, I had this weird intuition that morning. And I said, what if they what if they flew them out? But that's just because my brain likes to go, what if, what if, what if, and be prepared. Um, but I think it was just kind of like me having wishful thinking. Sure. Like, yeah. oh, that would be so cool. But then I was like, there's no way Tracy's going to leave all of her kids. Because how many does she have? She has nine and nine. two foster kids. Yeah. Right That's now. what I said that morning. I was like, well, they can't. Because um, she was going through what, if, what ifs. What if dinosaurs come back? What if t- uh, <laughs> the meteor hits? <laughs> what if we're traffic? So we're going through it. And then she does that one. And I was like, she can't because they're fostering two others. And when she posts photos, she has to hide their identities. Yeah. Mm. And so I was like, so she can't leave. And it, it didn't even click in my mind that Matt can stay home. And right. She can leave. Yeah. So I foolishly told her that. That's the least rained on her parade. Well, (laughs) I mean, full transparency. I mean, when I, uh, Grace was so kind to ask, you know, Tracy, if, first of all, we wanted Tracy's permission to tell this story. We weren't going to put the kids' faces out there and all that. We wanted to be real sensitive to that. And, And Tracy was willing, and then she was willing for Grace to share her number with me. And so I just called to see if she would be a part of the story. And then was that that last 10% of just like, or if you want to be really crazy and come out here, but I know you have all these uh, kids and responsibilities and your husband travels and all that. And she was interested, um, but needed to, you know, of course, talk to Matt. And I thought this will never, I literally thought the same thing. How the probability is highly unlikely. And within 24 hours, she had called me back and said, I talked to my husband and we are all in. Um, wow. and I was like, oh my goodness. So it, it was a joy for me to get to help facilitate that. But I don't know that there's been a sweeter moment, um, especially on a Mother's Day, that when we did get to surprise you, Grace. And after 
eight, seven years, 2014, eight, eight. almost eight, eight years, years, Grace got to see the boys that were in her. Live and me. in person. Yeah. Live and, and in person. so well, too, because we were like, Grace and I were talking about, like, she's being, like, you were being kind of short in your responses, like, come through this time at this time, but you weren't giving us a bunch of details. Yeah. Even the script, you're like, we're just going to keep it casual. It not was. knowing <laughs> that behind the scenes you were. <laughs> I had read another script. <laughs> So That's she was stressing out. She wanted to know everything you were going to ask. <laughs> yes. What what the And I didn't do that for the podcast. I apologize. Right. <laughs> but and then yes. so when we saw her, I was just like, and if you watch the YouTube, you can uh, yes. hear me say, "Oh my gosh!" real loudly. So <laughs> yes, that's if him any in of the, the front row. yeah, if any of the audience is wondering who that nerd was, that was the, me. that's yes. right. We'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> to right. Subscribe on YouTube. But it if was you an audible. I mean, you yeah. can hear you, but even my daughter stood in the back of the room and she knew what was going to happen, and she recorded it. And she's played it over and over again for the audible gasp yes, of just <gasps> so oh. many people. Um, and even in the, so we did that in our first service. If you haven't watched it again, take a peek at it. But that happened at 930. Well, 11, Grace already knew the surprise. But we were able, with the magic of our tech team that put the video together really quickly, we were able to show those people that were live at 11 o'clock what happened in the 930 and even then people gasped right. and they were just watching it on video. So it was uh, an incredible moment to see these two moms who had really have sacrificed so much for these boys um, to get to reunite with them and those boys to give Grace a hug. And uh, it really was just it was it was surreal. It was just it couldn't have gone better. It was perfect. And this was the first time that I've been able to like really talk to the boys because now they're 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And before they were like two and, you know, you don't Not really same. talk to a two year old very much, you know, but it was cool because we got to go out to dinner with them that evening. And, um, you know, Brandon asking him if they play Minecraft and, <laughs> you know, things like that, talking to them and just being able to hear their little voices and learn more about their personalities in in real time you know mm -hmm. and it, it was such a blessing so thank you guys so much for yeah, making my mother's amazing. day so special it's mm. awesome i told her i was like don't expect this <laughs> setting the bar pretty high <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go back to dinner again uh, <laughs> we helped you out with that one yeah. mother's day. there we go yeah no yeah. that was so awesome and so we're gonna go and throw it one more time to tracy we're gonna let her have the final word and wrap up but just any other final thoughts anything else we didn't cover say anything you'd want to say to somebody listening that's moved by this story or anything let's talk Talk about your business real quick too. Well, I want to make sure we talk about that. Oh yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we uh, I currently work for FedEx, but only for another week. They're great, and all, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, my husband and I are opening up our small business. It's going to be called Grace and Peace Wellness Center. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll put links in the show notes. Yes, please. And um, we are going to start off with these automated massage beds that use Chinese acupressure and infrared heated jade stones to give you an automated 54 minute massage for only $20. $20. That is amazing. People. We gave away some on Mother's Day in the yes. lobby and there are people so excited. Yes. We got some customers lined up for you I think. That awesome. awesome. No one dressing and it's contactless too. Mm. Wow. So it's an introvert. Grace is an introvert. <laughs> yes. So yes. Introvert's uh, yeah, dream. dream. Yes. Don't talk to me. Just yes. let me lay little robot. So we're <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're really excited, and um, they're finishing up construction this week, so we're hoping Yay. to be opened by the end of this month or beginning of June. So just yes. follow us on so social. So probably by the time these podcasts are released, absolutely, the we next should be weeks. open. And, and maybe, Evan, I'm just speaking off the cuff here, but if anybody who shares this podcast in some way, shape, or form... Maybe Simple Church is going to give them a free. I love it. We'll make that free. happen. Share this on social media. Tag the Simple Church, awesome. and we will give away. massage Done. with Grace peace wellness yes. love it so that's exciting that's awesome Thank you. that yes. is Absolutely. i think it, it's really cool how god has orchestrated and and brought you guys back to this area you could have chosen yes. to retire anywhere from the military that is and to come back here and now your parents live here yes. as well we're just so thankful that you're part of this community um and I know you guys are involved in a lot of ways and we're thankful for that but really thankful for tracy and matt and just the my favorite attribute of God, I say this all the time, but it's how he weaves our stories together to make something better. I always think of an illustration of a tapestry and how it looks so messy on the backside, but when you flip it over, it is like this, just this beautiful 
picture. And I think a lot of times we've got all these messy stories and, and things that we don't know how it's going to turn out. And then God flips it over and we're just like in awe of what he's created. And so thank you guys for being a part of that. That's awesome you say that, Robin, because my devotion this morning mentioned that exact analogy of God. Did you write it, Robin? It was the <laughs> tapestry and how it's all messy on the back. And then we flip it over and we'll see God's work and his yes. perfect picture someday. So it that's is. exactly what I read this morning. <laughs> no accident. Grace, it is happening yeah. again. I know. <laughs> wow. wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you, Robin. Thank you guys for sharing that. We're going to go to Tracy one more time, wrap up. We appreciate you guys, Grace, coming on and y'all sharing your story, Brandon. Thank y'all. And thanks for coming. And well, I'll have to come get your story again later. We'll do another episode. We'll talk. Yeah, that's yes. a great one. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. We, we still, when we talk to Grace and Brandon, and you'll hear this, after we put this all together with the magic of editing, but, um, you know, it's still, it's shocking to me that you said yes when I called and, and said, Hey, would you consider coming to meet with people you've never met before in your whole life in Louisiana of all places? And within 24 hours, she said, sure, let's do this. And shout out to Matt for holding down the home front. I know (laughs) all the things. it It was like, to be honest, like, after not seeing everybody for a long time, you know, it was, I was like, oh man, I'd really love for the boys to see him again. You know, this kind of sits in the back of your head, especially as a, as a foster adoptive mom, you're always, you're always kind of looking for ways for your boy, for your kids, any of your kids to remain connected. Mm -hmm. And so when you called and were like, oh, will you come out? I was like, yeah, of course. (laughs) They haven't seen each other in years. (laughs) Oh, oh well, but yeah, it was so just, it was just yeah. kind of perfect. It was, and it was just the greatest joy for me to get to share your story and to hear the feedback from all of that. But kind of walk us through, I know Grace, she shared a little bit about um, her sitting there on the stage and worried, uh, you know, about the video not working. And then, ta-da, <laughs> with the magic right there, Justin shows up with you guys right behind him. So talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you and for Fina, who was so sweet to come along as well as David and Jonathan. You know, it was great. My, my biggest, my biggest fear on that was I just didn't want to shock her so much that, that, that she just kind of freaked out. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Why'd you guys do this? And, and I also, I I really didn't want to take from her story. Um, and her sharing of the story, you know, and the the focus changed to the boys, grant the boys are hers or the focus changed to me because her story is really important. Yeah. She she was helping a family create a family and um and really had kind of the worst situation happen. Yeah. And so so I didn't want to be the one to detract from that. I still wanted her to be honored. And I just think it really was. It just mm-hmm. when we came on stage, um, I love the fact that she shared with me that earlier in the morning she had thought, What if we show up? Mm-hmm. And her husband had said, No, no. Brandon was like, No, she's not gonna show up. She's got all these kids. And in the back of Grace's mind, she thought if anyone would do it, it would be Tracy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, she's right. Yeah, she's right. I am the crazy person that will do something like this. Oh, well, we were glad so, you were willing to so be crazy. So I was so happy that God had prepared her heart that, mm-hmm. for that um, so that it wasn't just this, like, shock where she just couldn't talk afterwards. But she was able to, you know, be like, cool, let's move on. Yes. Yes, for sure. It was just, we've gotten so much positive feedback from that. And um, I think it really challenged a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know, especially being I just on want to know, Day. was there a single dry eye in that congregation? Because I was watching it online and I was crying and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so just absolutely beautiful. The music was amazing. You guys, wow. That whole entire Mother's Day it was, it, wow. That wow, it was a like lot it. of that. Robin did a great job. There was all. a lot of that. And there were a lot of tears. And what was interesting, Matt, is that most of the people that shared with me that they cried were men. Um, not wow. that the women didn't. Right. They just, these were some, <laughs> they crying. did. It was just the guys who who were vulnerable enough to say, you had me crying. Like, um, and so I think also, too, we've listened to videos and things 
um, going back, even my daughter recording live in the room and the audible gasp. Brandon was the loudest, he said. Yeah, Brandon was very <laughs> yeah. loud. But even, I think, in Grace's telling the story, like the audible just when the parents had, you know, the intended parents said that they would, um, you know, only comfort care. And you hear people yeah. just, <gasps> Yeah. And then when, of course, Tracy, when you and the boys and Fina walked out on the stage and just the, oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, Brandon was very loud. We had, we do have that. You can hear that really, really well. But, but yeah, it was just, it, it did take a lot of people's breath away. And we've had a, just, again, people so grateful for, for the story. And I think it's one of those things we focus a lot on experiences at the Simple Church on creating environments or times when people can come in and they just get a little extra special treatment. But I think what I loved about this Mother's Day is it it didn't matter what cookies we gave them or special coffees. It was the story that they heard that really impacted them and that they'll take with them for a long time. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know, like where, where to interject this or whatever. But one of the one of the things that I, I, I want to take away with with the with the story is the, these parents were these parents are, are, are Chinese. They're not were they are Chinese. They they came here when they were in their forties. So if we were to move to China, we would mm-hmm. be American. We would have our American views. Yeah. And um, it took me a while to 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 come to grips with this, right? Because here are babies that we have that we've we've raised um, that are amazing children, but we're looking at it in our American view. And yeah. so, what I think is one of the greatest things that that these Chinese parents did that they would have just let these babies die in China, like totally would have let them die. And that's their culture. It, it, and it, and it, but what they did was they they chose a Christian adoption agency. Because there were enough Christians in their life that were missionaries over there that made them realize that Christians love babies no matter what, no matter who they are, no matter what their needs are, mm. no, you know, and, and really wanted to make life special. And so here they are in the United States, and they had babies that would have died in China. And they can't grasp that because they're 40 years old and their, their mindset is, is, is very, very different. But what they realized was if anybody is going to love these babies, it's going to be Christians. And mm-hmm. so I, I just want to make sure that that is understood, yeah. particularly since this is a Christian podcast, is that we are doing such an amazing job internationally that people who would let, let them die or cannot understand why these babies would live, know that Christians that would be the ones them. that would love yeah. them. Yeah. And so if that's the biggest part, I like, I hope that that, that gets, mm-hmm. because these parents weren't bad. They're just different. Yeah. And they, they had a different mindset and they just they, had a different world, but they chose I mean, the right place. Yeah. 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 And their, their worldview, we, in my travels, I've found too, that, we can't expect our mindset to be somebody else's mindset. So it is hard for us to hear that they just. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, um, and it's, as foster adoptive parents, you often have to figure out how you're going to love their biological parents, no matter what choices yeah. they made. Right. Yeah. And that has probably been one of the biggest obstacles. Yeah. Court because, because no matter, no matter like, yes, you're their parents and yes, they love you as mom and dad. But there's always there's there is something to say about that biological connection. And so for as foster adoptive parents, we always have to think of like, okay, how can we express love and gratitude towards them? And that's been our biggest thing is that we were told by our agency that they specifically called them because they were a Christian agency and knew that Christians would love their babies. And we are Christians. And, you you know, you know, you're Christians because um, because of our love. Love, Right. And. And that is really, truly what they thought. And while that process for Grace was not pleasant at all. No, they were very rude. They're mm. very terrible to her. And us, too. And us. Yeah. But they chose us because they knew we would love their babies. And so we have to think about that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm honestly glad they interacted with those Christians because I feel like, sadly, a lot of the Christians here, a lot of times, that's not our reputation in the no, big C yeah. church. And it's something that... 
Oh, we just <laughs> we just finished the way down as a documentary about this church yes. or as the weight loss and cult and it really just made me angry oh. that we get lumped in and people that's their look at Christianity but this family seeing no, that knowing that is amazing yeah that yeah. frustrates me a lot a oh. lot actually you know and it's it's funny so little tight tangent not as long as my husband's tangent <laughs> um, my daughter's friends who come over here um and hang out at our house one of the first things when new friends come the first things they say is, wow, um, you know, I knew you guys were Christians, so I was afraid to come over here, but you guys truly love everyone. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you guys are high schoolers and you have the opinion that Christians are like, can't be loving to oh, everyone. Yeah. And, yeah. But but we're working on changing that one high school heart at a time here. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One- Thankful that y'all are because it is unfortunately the reputation in a lot of the country and the scandals and all the stuff that just keeps yeah. happening. We lose our witness, right? It's churchy. It's insidery language, but it's true that we can't right. be perceived and seen as what God wants us to be because we keep messing up on the corporate level and it gets the headlines yep. and the attention. Yeah. But feeding some teenagers some snacks and opening your home, showing them <laughs> that love is a big deal. Now you laugh, but I I was a youth pastor. Have We have life groups and small groups on Wednesday nights, and those are the best experiences, I feel like, a lot of times that teenagers they would really say are. and talk well, about it's, it. It's easy, it's easy to be a lazy Christian and just, just, just be like, you know, well, a dogma and tweets are 144 characters, so we can just, <laughs> you know, just be what we have, you know, just, just make it lazy. It, it's much harder to, to think what, what are the other people's shoes how do you figure out how you can love them and and be there where they are? That's a lot more complicated and hard. Very. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the me- it's the messy middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit more than 120, 44 characters. But, <laughs> but it'll preach. That is so good. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. I know Brandon and Grace are going to be just as excited to hear some of this as anybody else is. But for everybody that's been along a part of this, thank you for downloading and listening. It's an incredible story. Robin, thank you for all your work making it happen, orchestrating behind the scenes and being able to share this with everybody. It's great. Thanks for downloading this episode. Make sure you subscribe. Don't miss a single one. This might be the best one of the year. So if you're going to subscribe, it just might be downhill from these two stories. But keep listening. We'll bring some other good stuff. Yeah. And thank you, Matt. Thank you, Tracy, so much for sharing a part of your story, for coming and being down here and just all of that and what you do. And thanks to the grandparents for Absolutely. watching and 11 amen. children. 10 children. Plenty. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.